Hi, and welcome to the Fit for Business podcast with me, Hayley Field, also known as the Food Ninja. I'm here to chat with business owners about their health and how it impacts their business and vice versa, and to share with you all the latest tools, tips and strategies that are working for myself and my clients. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Fit for Business podcast with me, Hayley Field, also known as the Food Ninja. And today I'm very excited because we have on this episode an international best-selling author, an award-winning businesswoman, but I think probably the most prestigious of all of these accolades my mentor for the past three years, which is like a prison sentence. I should, I should, I should have some sort of re- like certificate, shouldn't I? Well, I to make you an award. Do you? What about a medal? Like years of service. Every time you clock another year off, we'll add a different colour medal or something. <laughs> that might be a good idea. So, for those of you who don't already know, this is Sarah Jolly Jarvis. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh-huh. Like you don't have to talk to me enough. You thought you might as well add an extra hour in. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. Um, and I've got lots of exciting stuff for us to talk about because obviously you have an exciting new offer which um, aligns with a lot of the stuff I do. But we'll we'll save that for later. So for now, can you tell? the listeners who might not know who you are can you give us a little bit of background of how you started your entrepreneurial journey and how you've gone from where you were to where you are now okay well thank you for having me it's nice uh, it's nice to be on other people's podcasts um so i started off in the corporate world medical sales pharmaceutical sales and i kind of worked my way up uh, product management using the sales team as my kind of route to, to market they were a an element of my marketing approach not all of the entire process and i really enjoyed on the way to that journey and in, within that role I was helping and supporting and training the sales team to sell the product sell particular products generate more income on their territories so that's kind of where I started my kind of sales training element of, of what I do then I had a baby and I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do my job as well as I had done and have a family so uh, despite the fact I was adamant I was going to go back full time and it wasn't going to make any changes to me and um, seven weeks later I'm there walking around a nursery thinking there's absolutely no way she's coming to this place all the time the the lady actually said to me so bad sales pitch um she said to me that the reason why they've got the little round tables they all sit around is because the ones which are there full time it's the only family meals that they have all week oh that's yeah it's like I was like don't tell a new a new mother that like you're basically abandoning your child and it's not going to have a taste of a family meal if they don't do it. Uh, it was really interesting, oh but it, it's proper. It was a proper trigger. And I was like, there's mm. no way I'm going back. So then it was like, okay, well, what do I want to look at doing? Martin was already in the online world. So my husband doing lead generation. And so I thought, well, actually, these people seem to be really good at what they do. But I just keep hearing about all these people that are really good at what they do. But what they do isn't getting themselves out there. And they're frustrated that they know they're better than their competition, but their competitors marketing is just better than theirs. And that's why um, they're getting the demand and, and, and that person isn't. You know, there's so many you don't want to be a best kept secret in your business. And no. that's the worst thing you can be. And so it was like, well, actually, there's a kind of a need here. And that's kind of all got started, really. It was I had a beta group and I went from there. 
Um, I've run different challenges and different programs, which was how you started with me was on one of my yeah. my programs. Six weeks to success, I think. Six weeks to success. In yeah. April 2019. Oh my word. So yeah, so it was, yeah, it was it was a while ago. And so obviously this is the entire sort of scenario from setting up the business on maternity leave to to now has been dotted with time off to have another two children I've managed to fit around like literally I fitted my book around the birth of my child which was yeah it it was a a hectic time but I'm not having any more babies so that's 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 good news for the population (laughs) as well but it means now I'm able to, to really concentrate which has been really nice knowing that I'm not going off again at some point taking time out um, I'm able to kind of feel like I'm focusing a lot more and obviously yeah. the kids are Clara's in school Ethan starts school in September so oh my god I know he's, he's, he's just a little August baby I was like you're not really oh. ready so it's it's kind of I'm getting that position where actually I'm able to focus a lot more and everything's a lot more mm. as much as you can be with three kids under five is it's, it's a lot more predictable so, yeah. Um, so obviously, the position that you're in now, running businesses or business businesses, is mm-hmm. very different to how you started. And do you think having children has that changed your priorities and and what kind of or your ambitions or dreams or what kind of business you thought you wanted? Has that changed now that you've had children? I think because obviously the, the the catalyst for starting my own business and actually going all in on my own business was was Clara. Originally, we came back from traveling and we did a bit of. Of um, we had a business then as a startup and it wasn't able to sustain us and so I went off into the business world for aiming at six months and then four years later I was kind of forced out of that with 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 being off on maternity leave and I think that's a thing you can easily get sucked into the corporate world it's a regular salary Mm. they were developing me they were putting time into me Um, I really enjoyed my job would I have stayed there and just kept thought of running my own business as a bit of a pipe dream yeah I think so because it's comfortable and I was getting stuff out of it um I wasn't frustrated I wasn't unhappy um which I regularly talk to people who are like oh I don't like it I want out of here and but that wasn't the case with me so you know I was in a really good position they were developing me it kind of came to fruition later that the national sales management role was coming up so my old boss's role um there was two of us being put into different sort of uh, developmental roles within the business I went into the marketing side which to manage a sales team you kind of need the other guy went into a team leader role and so you know it was very clear that the potential pathway was that I could end up with that job which is a really decent job you know at the age of like 34 but Mm. it just wasn't how the balance I wanted and I think so the shape of the business has evolved I think I've probably got a little bit more ambitious with the business than I had originally having had the kids and had a taste of actually um, you know we're really fortunate with the mentors we've worked with um, and continue to work with the sort of um, environments we put ourselves in you know the potential that's out there and so it's a bit tempting I think really so I'm, I am one of those people I, I kind of do want it all you know I, I don't yeah. want to compromise I spent money on myself I'm developing my skills I don't want to waste them all by, by kind of taking myself out the running which I think you can easily do and and you yeah. know for some people that's great but for me that just wasn't it's not where I get my fulfillment is is you know carpet games all day long um, I'm a much better mum when uh, I think you messaged a quote for me the other day from my podcast I do I was listening that was so funny I was listening to your podcast the other day while I was out for a walk and um obviously you were talking about you know kids and stuff like that <laughs> you just said because you know let's be honest children aren't the most positive members of the team <laughs> I just 
thought that made me laugh so much because it's right, isn't it? Like your family is a team, but you know you can't rely on those team members because they're not very, they're not, not very not, positive. They're not very sort of you know just JFDI. No, they're really not. And like the thing is, is you can do so much for them. Like if if you ever want to be kind of brought back down to earth, like hanging around with three kids like well Clara's five now Isaac's like 19 months like yeah. the, the feedback is if someone's not crying then they're all asleep you know like <laughs> there's, there's always something going on there's always somebody who's not happy with something um and it's just the way then they're very emotional little bundles but you know it, it's quite it's a lot to to be getting mm. you know, you're putting in so much effort and to be only getting you know they'll say the nice odd thing and obviously that seems to I don't know how but it just wipes out the memory of all the other bad things that have happened that evolutionary day. thing <laughs> they said something nice like any other ratio of like one to 50 you'd be not be happy with but the children oh that's fine um but yeah so it's kind of it, it was it's nice for me I, I I'm good at my job I enjoy my job um and it can kind of remind me that actually <laughs> I'm doing an all right job most of the time, um, <laughs> even if the feedback from the team isn't so necessarily always that great. Yeah. Obviously, you've got your business and the kids and all that kind of stuff. So one thing I always get from you is you always seem to be doing something and you're always really busy and stuff. And obviously, because you run your own business, you can make that work around you because hmm. I think you know, we're almost opposite in, you know, I know sometimes you talk to me about oh you recorded your podcast episode in the evening and stuff so like I I can't work in the evening I'm like useless after like 4 p.m so I will get up at like 5 30 instead and do it that way have you learned that over the years that actually you know because I think a lot of business owners obviously set up their business because they think I'm going to design my life exactly as I want it I'm going to work exactly as I want and so many times I say to my clients like well if you don't like working those hours why don't you change them or if you're always tired in the evenings why don't you get up earlier and work in the morning and they're just like it's a revelation like I've given them permission to not work nine to five so did it take you a while to figure out that actually you could do that and or do you think maybe having the kids as force that issue as well in that you just have to work wherever you can I think there is an element of that I'm I'm also I like going back to school and uni I was the one who worked into the evenings you know I'm quite happy I mean I I think my normal work up time when I was like you know late teens early 20s would be without if I didn't have to be anywhere would be about you know 9 30 10 o'clock yeah no where I you know but I'd I'd work into like the early hours absolutely fine and I like that and like the quietness at night I I don't know I find it more motivational I like that environment whereas the quietness in the morning because everyone's still asleep I'm just really annoyed that I'm not asleep whereas it (laughs) seems to work the other way around oh they've gone to bed oh that's fine you know like I'm 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 on it I'm amazing um they're still in bed oh poor me my life's terrible (laughs) great psychology it's kind of evolved so my work to start off with I was working two days a week when I Mm. had Clara and then I I mean Clara and Ethan the 16 months between them and so I was hardly into running my business before I was off and then Martin was ill etc etc so um it was very it's always been very I'd like to think that I like consistency but I never seem to create it so that makes me wonder how much do you like it Sarah but I do enjoy working of an evening I think I do enjoy my own time particularly now with the family life being so busy I I, Mm. it's quite nice to have your own space and do a bit of work I do go to the gym so for the last since September getting on knocking the door of of nearly a year now I've um, been going to the gym 
in the morning before work on some days. Um, and they, that was kind of working, but it, it turned out Martin and I just weren't in the office for, because he does early mornings, we weren't in the office mm. for that long together. So decisions were being strung out over a few days. So I've mixed that up. And on a Tuesday, I work from home because of client calls. And so I've got that morning. So I'll go to the gym and I'll come home. So I do the school run and then I have my own time. Um, yeah. Even when I do the school run, um, I still walk the dog before going to the office. Um, so that kind of gives me that time to kind of break between being a parent and, and being at work. And that really works for me. Regular hours and tracking my hours. I track my time because I track my time on projects so that I know how long things yeah. take. And because I make the team do it. So, don't, you know, you're not going to do it yourself. You've got to, yeah. <laughs> you've got to expect other people to do it. So it's not like I, I don't work set hours. I work the hours I need to to get the work done. Um, there is always work to do, but it's, it's prioritizing it. And how do you think you are with... Um, you know, because obviously your life sounds super busy and you've got your podcast and the business and all, you know everything. How do you sort of what is your downtime? You know, how do you have these sort of like recovery activities in terms of mental recovery? Because like you say, you you perform a lot of roles, don't you? You're like yeah. a wife, a mum, a business owner, a mentor, like all of those things. How do you uh, switch off from any or all of those things and maintain that so you must have good cognitive flexibility because you're able mm-hmm. to switch quickly switch, between yeah. those things but that takes quite a lot of brain power so how do you give your brain a rest what do you do I'm quite l- <laughs> quite lucky having worked with a few mindset people uh, th- what people are aspiring to when they do meditation and stuff um, I can quite quickly switch my brain off which I thought was a thing that was not great. And if I if I was cleverer, then my brain would be going all the time. And it's only since I've been around people whose brains are always going that I've realized that actually that is not a blessing. Um, no. And everyone's trying to quiet them down. Whereas like regularly, Martin will be like, what are you thinking? I'm like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> You're actually like the most Zen person we know. <laughs> accident. Before I even knew Zen existed, I was just like, because I remember I, I one of my ex-boyfriends, I was like, his brain was always going. And I was like, God, he's so much cleverer than me. Like his brain's always going. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought if my brain was going more, I could do so much more. And um, but actually it's it's really quite nice. I mean, I my main things used to be um, you know, it's not always been plan sailing. I've lost I've lost balance in my life and everything else. But my main things were horse riding and um, running, mm-hmm. neither of which I'm really doing at the moment. Um, my running, I did run last night for the first time in probably this year for any length of time. Is that because you're sulking because you've, how many ballots have you tried to get into for the London Marathon? Eight, eight years eight. running, eight consecutive years, come on London Marathon. And I've tried all sorts. I've tried putting myself in the slow groups, like with people dressed up as animals. I've tried everything. <laughs> I cannot get into that damn run, uh, which is really annoying because the Australia, Australia, the Sydney Marathon, you literally just signed up. That was it. I was like, oh, I have a place. No, I just turned up. No, I need to do all the training and then I can turn up. And yeah, what was more painful was I missed the I missed time um, at the time. I lost it yeah. by six minutes. I would have automatically got into the London with my Sydney time if I'd been six minutes quicker. But I didn't know that. I was really ungrateful when somebody pointed that out. But <laughs> but but it's um but yeah I've got bad shins so I've been working on those I think and they used to really give me that time out where I I wasn't Mm. thinking of stuff or I was just listening to music um now it's more walking the dog and yeah going to the gym doing exercise um I'll go and sit in the bubble pool 
and I'll sit there with a drink of water thinking about nothing quite nice bubbling away so so I'm quite lucky I can switch off and and I it's chaotic when the kids are all around and everything's going Mm. on and I don't mind chaos whereas I think some people it it can really grind them down I don't mind it and it feels quite nice like we're very lucky the kids all sleep they go to bed at seven o'clock they get up at 6 30 that's just what happens so I'm really lucky I've got that downtime um so I spend the evenings I'll I'll meet friends I'll go to the gym so yeah or I'll do a bit of work I do I do really enjoy work you know it's good but it's a bit like oh bless you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean it's important isn't it to have that that balance because Mm -hmm. that I think is what everyone's kind of striving to get and and to you know have their version of what what they you know believe their their success should look like yeah and I think for me the biggest shock for me was having children and the impact that it has on you and I'm not taking it away from the guys but it you know like it has an, an impact on your body mm-hmm. it's the, like nobody the expectation with guys like the dads they drop the kids off at school they're impressed like they literally are impressed if the kids turn up fully dressed it's like oh well done they expect their expectation of the dads is zero <laughs> whereas the mums, it's like, oh, you know, you need to tell your mummy this, this, and it's it's kind of with the guys, it's theirs to win, and with the mums, it's yours to lose. Yeah. As far as people's like opinion on on how well you're doing, I think there's a lot of pressure on that, and I think you, because you've been pregnant and you've been, I mean, let's face it, they basically just treat you like a vessel to the baby, and it's all about the baby. <laughs> like when you when I used to turn up for my appointments. I was under a consultant and so the, it wouldn't even, I wouldn't even get a hello. They'd just be like, have you brought your urine sample with you? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like, it's a bit like the handmaid's tale. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't watched that because somebody told me it'll probably freak me out. So I didn't bother, but apparently it's quite, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's so you're, like you're just a vessel and then you have them and then they're the priority and, and they're the priority for so long and you're feeding mm. them. And, and so it's so easy to lose yourself. Um, and that's something that I've been aware of for myself and also friends that, you know, you can you can really lose yourself in this role and, and you're beating yourself up that you're not doing well enough. And you don't know these yeah. things that I don't know why everyone thinks you should, because everything else comes in the manual. Like you even take a driving test, but you yeah. just get given a baby. And apparently then we're just supposed to use our instincts. And I'm like, yeah. well, what my instincts aren't so good? No one's tested them. And so it's quite it's quite tricky to kind of carve out what you are and and particularly for me my 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 running I kept up with but my riding due to time and also then I my my horse no longer being with me meant that I wasn't something that I could do on a regular basis and so then it's like well and I couldn't do it when I was pregnant and so there's all these these sacrifices that kind of chip away at who you were Mm. and so it's kind of finding those and and for me it's been about like god I've taken up knitting again I've done all sorts of stuff um because it's just finding those things I quite liked it I mean that scarf has been undone and redone I chose a very bad (laughs) one the amount of holes in it but you kind of you take up things that you potentially did years and years ago um as pastimes because you you are tethered to the house of an evening I mean one Mm. of you can go out but both of you can't without getting a babysitter so it's like your your sort of behaviors change um and so it's still finding time for you and things that you enjoy the fun bits you know like we used to indulge ourselves in fun all the time and then you have children and it's like it becomes about them rather than about you and it's like when did you last have fun? And I think you can kind of forget that that's kind of part of, of what, why you're here. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that maybe is an advantage to having your own business because it is a lot more fun than most jobs, isn't it? You know, if you were just kind of employed, you're like, that's another chore that you've got to do. Whereas when it's your own business and you're a bit more excited about it, you do get a lot of fulfillment from that, don't you? Yeah. And also the creativity side, you know, you come up with a good idea. No one's blocking you going, we don't have the budget for that. Or we can't do this. We can't do that. It's like, if you can make it happen, you can do it. I felt I, I really enjoyed my corporate job, but I was always aware of you're in a, that cog in a bigger organization. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of scenarios. It's like, oh, don't step out of that box. You know, like if yeah. you turned up in a random meeting because you were just inquisitive over what was going on, they'd be like you out. So it's kind of, <laughs> you know, you haven't got that that flexibility. You, you are bound by expectations mm. of this is your role, you know, stay in your box. And so even when they're developing you, they want to develop you in their way. And so that you're kind of being molded and and you're kind of responding to that environment rather than creating your own environment. Yeah. Talking about kind of not being constrained by just doing one thing and and whatever. Lots of people will know you from um, writing your book and selling without sleaze and being um, a sales lady if we can say that these days. Yeah, sales, I, I just go with sales mentor. Sales mentor. Yeah. So, I do try and do the coach thing when I can. Yes. Yeah. So when I first started with you, so obviously we got introduced by Dan, Dan yeah. Meredith, who um, he didn't actually tell me. So you were interested in working with me, weren't you? Yeah. And we got on a sales call and I did what I thought was a sales call with someone who I didn't actually know that that was your job at the time. And then I was a little bit mortified when we'd had that conversation and I was actually at Dan's house and he's sort of popped his head around and said, oh, you might want to have a word with Sarah because she does sales and you're a bit shit. <laughs> and I was a bit like, oh, my God, I've just been talking to this woman and given her my amazing like sales conversation that's some from shitty script that I've learned. <laughs> that I bought off some online guru and and here you are being a sales expert so so I know that when when we first started that's kind of what you helped me with wasn't it was to be better at sales because like most business owners I loved what I did but I absolutely fucking hated that bit where you had to have it like I was always mortified I used to hide behind direct messages so like I used to get people to email me was the only way that you could do an inquiry because I was terrified of like having a conversation with someone obviously you helped me a lot with that but then kind of the other stuff that you've helped me with has really evolved hasn't it so I definitely wouldn't say that you are my sales mentor or you know, the person who helps me with my sales, because you've helped me with like products and pricing and visibility and, you know, a fair dose of counselling in a lot of (laughs) cases, mindset stuff and all sorts of things. Um, And, you know, helped me go from I think the first month that I was working with you I think I was earning around eight nine hundred pounds I don't actually know how I was sustaining myself with my business so we've gone from that to having regular five-figure months so you know mm-hmm. we've looked at my whole business and everything so I guess that's a very long-winded way of saying 
that I think you've also found with other clients that you've started helping them with maybe sales, but then it's evolved. So I know you've now got a new offer, which is helping people sort of create their own version of wealth, because not everyone wants to measure their success by whether they have a six-figure business. So sorry, that's a very long-winded way of me saying, you want to tell us a bit about that? (laughs) One One of the heated discussions in our house on on for, with a business hat on is around um and probably actually without a business hat on is still hands down it's quoting six figures and aspirational figures because from a marketing point of view they want to make it quantitative and I'm like but it's not about that number and I think for a lot of people it switches off I remember reading um a couple of very successful women's um autobiographies and being like if that's what it takes I don't I don't want it and I think yeah. that's the thing is, is that we are, the guys want this number, but why do you want the number? I've worked with women who wanted a particular number. Each one of them, they've got to that number and they haven't felt the fulfillment they were expecting because actually yeah. a number doesn't have fulfillment. So where I can, I banish the numbers off my, um, any sort of sales page or anything else. I bet Martin's um, thrilled about that. <laughs> well, he wants his specificity. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, no, they don't want that, but it's not specific. And I was like, but it is to them that we're working on it but yeah I mean the thing is is that sales is an element of I mean it's a massive element of a business and you know I I I still talk around the fact that if you don't have sales coming in you don't have a business you have an expensive hobby and Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's the lifeline to a business it's really important the problem is is the people I really enjoy working with and the people who I wrote the book for um are people who don't really want to sell and until they have that realization that actually I have to sell in order to sustain my business, get my business in front of the people I can really help, they're not open to that messaging. Then I have, you know, a cohort of people who are open to that, but they're not, they're not aware. The, the awareness isn't there as mm. to what I need to do is I need to work on my sales and I want to work on my sales. That's, That's quite a few steps. And so what I've found is, is that the people I've ended up working with and really enjoying working with have been the people that we've actually got onto a sales call. Um, because we've proactively reached out when they bought the book. So from the clients that I've worked with since the book launched like a year ago, all but one were had no intention of contacting me to work with me and one was thinking about it so thinking about it and doing is two different things um yeah. but having had the conversation and me talk around their business and their business pains they felt that I could really help them despite the fact that my positioning was for sales there are very few sales conversations that I have with people I don't remember the last time someone sent me a recording for sales it's the bigger picture and people, if anything, want to avoid avoid the painful thing. I mean, it's like exercise and it's like eating properly. It's like, oh, yeah. this is a bit painful. Do I really want to be doing this? Could you not just <laughs> give me a quick pill? Could you not just give me a, yeah. reason, a way of not doing that? And it's like, I can't. But, you know, do they want to face that reality? Are they willing to? And so mm-hmm. to get in front of the people that I want to work with and also um, make my office so that it's more scalable and it's more um, able to be automated and everything else. Front end wise, I wanted to do something that was um, more around uh, the whole of the business. People come to me because their business is in a certain place and they want it to be somewhere different. They want to create their version of wealth and their version of wealth despite the fact it not being very specific, is their their thing. So for some people, they want to take a step back. They want to work fewer hours. They want to get somebody else in instead of them. For other people, they want a consistent revenue. For other people, they want to grow or they want to evolve into another area. Some people aren't happy with what they're selling currently or how they're doing it. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's it's looking at the whole picture as, as a whole. You know, I've done sessions and trainings on 
um, working a three-day week to share with people how I do stuff. But it, it comes down to the same thing, that you kind of got sort of three different pillars from your business. You've got the working in it, the implementation. You've got the sales kind of growth side of stuff. And then you've got the actual, you know, supporting the business as, a, as an entity. And when you increase sales, one of the other two gets out of kilter. Um, yeah. because then you have to do the implementation and then before you know it you're busy implementing and then you're not doing the growth side of promotion side and so you get the peaks and troughs in your sales because oh she was busy there oh she wasn't wasn't busy there and yeah. so that's where it carries on so you know it's it's looking at the, the bigger picture so for people who want to learn sales techniques and they want to learn that sales approach and they're switched on to the fact that sales is the answer to the, the issues they're struggling with in their business that's great for those which are looking to um, make changes in their business and are looking at the bigger picture with the business and where they want to take it they know that it's not where they want it to be that that's where the mm. women's problem fits in specifically yeah. women that I'm targeting with that because they're the ones that I get the situation I understand them I've worked with them I enjoy them the guys tend to be the ones more switched on around sales and so there's there's the there's the kind of people that fit into the selling that sleeves kind of um option so the the two things that I'm running but um I I really enjoy getting involved with people's businesses and and helping them to make that change and create that life thereafter how the women's well formula came around yeah and I think it's you know I'm quite excited about it because obviously I work with business owners and I'm constantly saying to them like you get to define your own version of success you know, mm-hmm. your health is should be one of those measures of your success, because yeah. does it matter if you have a six figure business, if you are too tired and strung out and exhausted to enjoy any anything about it? Or you're so stressed that you don't actually enjoy running your business anymore? Is like, does that mean it's successful? It, exactly. You know, or not- if like, it puts you in an early grave, you <laughs> know, like, yeah. It's shortening your life due to the level of stress and the the amount of, of you know overeating and lack of exercise you know you, you can end up with all sorts of complications medically and it's like yeah. so great you've got this this business but you don't have and you have the money um but money yeah. can't undo the impact that it's had like, well you know like super passionate about you know the people I work with because I'm always saying to them there is a different way to build a business you don't have to sacrifice your health to have a successful yeah. business it can go hand in hand and the same with you know your relationships you know your relationships can be healthy and you can have a successful business and you can be healthy and it's this kind of you know people think it's so unrealistic like oh you can't have it all well, you can. It's just that you can't work 70 hours to get it and have all of the other things. You have to make compromises. But, you know, everyone can make a really good living and have the free time they want and, you know, whatever else they want. And I think sometimes you've got a question, like if you're working 70 hour weeks, how productive are you in these weeks? I was talking to a client earlier today and I was like, I don't believe you're working full time. I was like, But what are you doing with that extra time? And it's like, I don't want you. I don't want you to stuff it full of other business activities. If if it is the fact that you have that time and you like the life you've got, then, you know, you're not wanting to increase capacity or anything else. Just consciously take that time off. But it's like the amount of people who said to me, I'm a slave to my business. I've got them to track their time. And before you know it, they're off to the gym at lunchtime. They're having like lunches, long lunches. Oh, I had to go to this one day. I had to go to that. And it's like, you know, in a four week period, you actually, you weren't in for like, three of those days or something and it's just well that that would be holidays in an in a job that would be days of holiday 
And it's yeah. like, just be aware of it. Be like, actually, this is pretty amazing that I can take off a day a week and it doesn't, and, it, and it's fine. No one's telling me I yeah. can't do it. But just yeah. being conscious of it. Don't tell yourself my life's terrible. I'm a slave to my business. Be aware and live in that moment of like, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right here. I'm having this nice time off. Um, yeah. you know, it might be hard work when you're there, but when you're not there, you can really switch off. You can really appreciate I'm getting some time out. And I think... Um... Actually, it was um, on the episode with Martin, when Martin came on uh, the other week, he was talking about if if you really are working 70 or 80 hours in your business, then why don't you change your business model? Because it's clearly not working for you if that's not what you want to do. Um, But I think you're right, you know, that honesty and that reframing, because I think a lot of people are really afraid to say, do you know what? I only actually work properly three days a week in my business because they think, and especially I think in the online world, that unless you are all about the hustle and grind and go, oh yeah, I worked like 20 hour days for my launch. Like, oh, you're a shit business owner because you take three days off a week. Well, why can't we say that actually I choose to take those three days off and I'm happy with my level of income? Why do we all have to pretend that we want more yeah. in that way? And I think that's the thing is, is actually, you know, if, I don't know if you've ever done it, but you write out a list of the things you'd buy if you won the lottery or something like that, yeah. or if, you know, like you, you generated X amount a month. And it's like, actually, you, you've got a few bits that you'd be wanting to buy, but then actually you would struggle to in you know with your current frame to spend more than that and it's like so unless you you know ramp up and you increase your expenditure and everything else to 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 take up that new income you're kind of like what are you doing it for I think that's the thing is is your business at the end of the day it's like you know you get into staff and when you get into staff you have so many more commitments yeah and it's like do you want everyone's always grow 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 and it's like why everyone's not going people who are happy to sit in a job a corporate job for years and it's the same job like no one's telling them grow 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 but it's like this this expectation it's like rats up a drain pipe that we've all got to keep pushing and it's like for what we're all pushing and scrambling but why yeah I think I think it's a bit like you know when someone says oh I want to have a six-pack and you're like, well, why do you want a six pack? Oh, yeah, I just, you know, that's what that's what, you know, that's represents fitness or that represents health. And then when I say to people, well, do you realize that means that, you know, if you're male like you, that's a loss of libido for you, like a, a really low body fat, for example. So you can give up your sex life to have a six pack. Is that a good you know, is that a good trade off? Or also, you're going to be really miserable all the time, because you won't be able to eat very much. And, you know, all your relationships will probably suffer because you'll be at the gym all the time. So actually, before you just trot out, I want a six pack, or I want a six figure business, have you actually thought, what are the consequences yeah. of achieving your goals? And I say that quite a lot to people, you know, when they say, Oh, this is my goal. Brilliant. So these are all the positives with your goal. Like what are what are the consequences yeah, of achieving your goal? Because no one ever thinks about that. Exactly. Well, it's the same balance thing again, isn't it? It's like it's mm. a balance. And it's like, so when you're doing that, you're putting something else out of kilter. And it's like, is it worth it? And I think yeah. that's the thing. So I, I remember um, reading a book by oh, what's his name? Dennis, the publishing guy. And it was like how to be rich. And, you know, he talked around the sacrifices that he made and he was like, oh, I should have stopped earlier. I should have stopped at 43 million. He was like, when he died, his estate was 500 million. And he was like, I should have stopped at 43 because after that, it made very little difference. And he was like, I'm sat in my Caribbean home and it's like, it's amazing. He was like, but like, I didn't need that extra amount of money. 
it yeah. didn't make me more happy and I think that's the thing is is you begin to see the sacrifices and, and then potentially by then it's a little bit late and it's yeah. like people are always grow the business grow the business why are you growing the business so I can take money from it I can have it in a, in a position where it's generating me this and it's like but you could be generating money from it now you don't have to keep piling it all back in for this growth thing you could be yeah. looking at taking money from it now and then actually you're healthily growing rather than just going all in yeah um, not paying yeah. yourself enough on end etc etc and a lot of these I you know and again the same with health goals why people always want have these time sensitive goals and I'm like well does it you know if you want to be a certain size or wear a certain dress or whatever why are you putting a time limit on it same with your business like why if you want to make a million pounds like why do you have to do it in the next three months why can't you do it in a way that you actually enjoy yeah. doing it enjoy the yeah. process as well as getting the result I think sometimes it's like a rite of passage thing you know people feel Mm -hmm. like I'll deserve this and I think it can come back to that expectation that oh you know everyone tells the stories of it being hardship and everything else and it's like you know and and you do have people at the other end of the scale coming through who generally they're talking around passive income and things like that who are going actually it's really simple and I hardly ever do any work and I think you know probably the happy medium is the middle ground I think that you can get a sense of um, fulfillment and enjoyment from your work you don't want to be doing something you dislike just because you're chasing the money and you might as well dedicate that time to it you know that the whole three things that people need in their life and it's like you know one of them is to to have a purpose thing to do and it's like actually I think that's a good framework the amount of people I've met who've really struggled when they've retired to have that lack of structure where nothing needs doing on a particular day um and I don't think that you know is good for people's mental health in general good to have that structure and something that you're getting fulfillment from and something that you're putting back into the world around you which is making an impact but I think it is really interesting that people seem to think they have to go all in really hard at it and I think that's the thing with a lot of my clients is that and that's why I like working with women is because we can't do that like we can't pull an all-nighter at the office and everything else Mm -hmm. partly because we don't want to but partly because like the entire family unit would fall apart because no one knows what (laughs) And so like, you know, you need, you want to be around, you need, you're needed. And so, you know, you don't want that level of sacrifice. And I think for the clients that I've worked with, even the ones which have been super ambitious, that they've still wanted balance. Hmm. It's not been the pull the all nighter kind of stuff. Whereas I think guys, I think maybe it's attached more to their, you know, their it's more of an ego thing and that, you know, they've got to put themselves through this in order to get themselves in that position. So, yeah. You know, before I started working with you, I'd tentatively gone down this other route of, you know, where I see a lot of people, other people have ended up where, you know, they've been told, you know, you have to scale your business. You basically just become, well, this is what I was nearly persuaded to do, become basically a macro coach where, you know, you let people check in with you for like five minutes a week. You check they've hit their macros, you know, you send them a quick message back and that way you can deal with like 50 clients and then you can post your fucking stripe statement online every month and go oh my god look I've had 200 subscriptions and I think well how well are you serving those clients who've clearly you know I'm definitely from my experience I know most people who are looking for health coaches have food issues they have emotional issues they have all sorts of like mental health mindset all of that kind of stuff and you know you are giving those people five minutes of your time per week because you've got so many of them to deal with but and you know I remember having this conversation with one of those types of people and he was said to me well that's how you scale your business that's how you have these five figure months blah 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 
So now I'm always feel really smug that I managed to do that <laughs> without actually doing anything like that and with only having sort of six to eight clients. So well I well I had a client the other day who said to me he was like, Oh, um, we're thinking of increasing our product range because we've always been around top end, high end quality. And I was like, Has that changed? And he was like, Well, no. And I was like, So what's the change? And he was like, Oh, adding in lower priced options, which and I was like, Are they still as good quality? And he was like, Well, not really. And I was like, So you're do you feel like if you do that, you'll be selling yourself out? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, well, just don't do it then. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, is but one of my clients said to me the other day, she was like, You know what? You really care. Like we're on a group thing. <laughs> she just kind of, you know, like one person just burst through. Yeah. And I was like, yeah like I do and and I do you know like I do I do do have uh, randomly I suppose but um, I do like think oh thoughts will come up as as client stuff and I'll be like in the shower or something and it's like I'm not thinking of my client I'm thinking of the business (laughs) I'll be in the shower but then I actually thought of me in the shower before I I think I said to you I was thinking about you in the shower and then I think god that sounds weird and then I was like and then I I changed it to a thought came to me in the shower and then I just like this isn't helping just stop with the way you were (laughs) I was thinking about this. Start with the geography. And um, and so, yeah, but I do. Like, for me, I really like it because you've got the opportunity to, to get in and, and, and influence and, and ask mm. questions on, on so many different companies. It's like yeah. you just get to like, tinker and it's amazing. How, you know, if you are a coach or a mentor of any description, how can you not care? Like, mm. how can you do your job if you don't care about it? And, and you know, you also, it's a privilege that, you know, I always think of that, in, you know, from my point of view, these people have trusted me with their health and to quite often sort out, you know, the entanglement up in their brains and all that, like, yeah. that's like a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And it is a privilege to help those people. So why, why wouldn't you care? I just don't get this whole industry. It's a whole industry of people, yeah. isn't it? You don't give a shit. <laughs> it's just so weird well that was the thing because when I came onto the online world I was like these people I remember saying to Martin I was like all these people's claims I was like they're all unsubstantiated I was like there's no evidence because obviously you know I came from UK pharmaceuticals which is you know everything like you can't even underline papers to point them in the direction (laughs) of key things like it's it's very it's just so regulated and Mm. so I was very much like I I can't believe that this person can claim these things and that was kind of part of my shock and the way that people used to sell they used to like put people up and like stand up if you care about your business and then it's like sit down if you're not prepared to pay and it's like right okay so now I feel like it's always the closing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regardless, just you know, always. always. You want this, like run to the back of the room right now with your checkbook. Why why? Because are we on fire? You know, like the thing is, is then you're just gonna get people who aren't suitable, they're not gonna get the results. And I think mm. that's the that's my thought process on these things is you don't want people working in your business working with you on your in your business if they're not going to get you the results what you're after isn't the transaction it's that testimonial at the end yeah uh, it's like anyone can give you money but then you're not going to get repeat money if you're not getting those testimonials coming through and these people raving about you and that's that's where people kind of fall short it's very short-sighted but it's kind of what yeah people some people do but I just can't imagine doing my job like and when I was in sales I used to be like if I couldn't believe in a product I wouldn't sell it 
Yeah. Um, and I have products in my portfolio that I didn't talk about because I wasn't comfortable that they were the best yeah. ones. And so I made up my sales figures on the ones that were good enough because I was passionate about it and it came through. Most of the time they didn't mind if other products weren't doing so well because, you know, you were doing better in the other areas. But I wasn't prepared to. At the end of the day, you know, it's your, it's you, it's your name that you want to protect. You don't want, yeah. like, you know, I don't want people thinking, oh, Sarah will sell, sell me anything because yeah. that is so short-lived. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'll do. Just put it on that patient. You'll be fine. You know, how many times are they going to listen before they're like, oh, she'll tell me to put that on anybody? It's just not worth it. No. Your new offer mm-hmm. that you talked about, would you, is it like a mentorship type? So, yeah, so there is one-to-one, but it's mostly group. So people come in, I'm, I'm, I'm going to in the next couple of weeks, launch a um, learn along with me for the first one. And then after that, most of the content will be pre-recorded. Um, they'll mm-hmm. have check-in sessions. Um, I'm adamant, you, I can't help people unless I talk to them about their specific business, having an onboarding, understanding their business, and then being able to ask those questions and give advice based on their particular business scenario is is what provides the value to my clients anyone can buy a digital course but if you were able to take that information and relate it to your business confidently you know you'd only need how many courses in the world and so <laughs> it's like is it six percent of digital courses get completed I just don't want and people again are you know and even people that you know we deal with and, and, and work with um from a, a mentoring point of view are like well if they want to buy it let them and I'm like no like I, I want the results like yeah. I, I, I don't want to just sell it because the thing is, is over time, people are like, oh, yeah, I bought that course. And I know people have bought 10 grand courses and haven't actually done them. I, just find them. I think I've I've really realized as well, because obviously I've got my membership site now and it's got mm-hmm. courses and stuff in it. But um, I recently obviously did the fuck your fat up course. And mm-hmm. I realized with all of these courses, I want to have like a cohort so that you can actually talk people through this stuff because I I do think it's not irresponsible and I'm sure lots of people do it and I'm sure lots of people do get value out of courses that they buy but I just don't understand how you can have a proper impact on someone and again I suppose it comes down to this actually giving a shit whether somebody gets anything out of it but (laughs) I don't think you can have an impact on people by just selling them hundreds of courses all the time and for that reason maybe I'll never be rich. Well, that, that, I think that's the thing, though. It's like you can't help it. You know, that whole lead people to water, but can't make them drink. Or horses to mm. water, but can't make them drink. Like you, you can only do so much for somebody. And I have been in situations where I've cared more about their business than they have. Um, and oh, you know, it's, it's painful, isn't it? I mean, I do really care, but like it should always, it, we should always be at least equal. You know, it, it's some people are going to be those people who are constantly purchasing stuff and, and yeah. not following it through but I just don't I don't want to be part of of that scenario and I definitely don't yeah. want to play to that market where it's just like oh yeah just make it low price level they'll buy it they'll forget about it I don't want that I don't want hundreds of thousands of people signed up to my training and like you can see on the dashboard that a teeny yeah. weeny element of them have actually done anything with it and so you know to make changes you kind of have to meet people where they're at and and you know it's not about just the money it's about actually having an impact and a positive impact and helping people create businesses they reckon 70 percent of businesses go out of existence within the first three years and it's like you know if you could change that figure if you could help people to learn from it if you could be in a position where you're preventing that from happening then that's a really nice privileged place to be and that would be that's kind of where you want to be which isn't with something somebody purchases with no intention of ever 
ever using yeah awesome i'm excited to um see when is your new product launching well the the um we, we haven't got a specific date but i'm putting out the option for joining me on the learn along i think that'll be like the week of the 20th i think that goes out mm, so, exciting so they'll get to learn along with me so we're doing sort of three weeks and then having a couple of weeks off i'm going on holiday but i'm wanting to fit it so that they can consolidate and do action whilst i'm away and then we'll yeah. pick the action when we come back so that's kind of how yeah. i'm wanting to position it so watch nice. this space so um my final question that i always ask everybody mm-hmm. now that you are a seasoned business owner and entrepreneur what advice would you give someone who's just starting out in business or the most valuable bit of advice to help them achieve that balance you know because you have run multiple businesses your husband runs businesses you've got three kids under five like how do you stay sane and look after yourself like what's the what's the best bit of advice you could give someone just starting out oh I think it would be to understand your market and what's going on if you offer the right thing in a format that can work for you like is it sustainable like you might not be starting with the with the offering that you can you can scale or step away mm. from but if it can evolve into that i think sometimes people get themselves into a situation where it's like i'm generating money and i'm generating all right money but it's taking up so much of my time i'm trading my time for money all the time and it's like maybe you'll be doing that to start with but if you can like i have like i've made it so that people can do digital elements of it on their own So you're not having to be customer facing all the time. You know, if it's production, how long would it be before you could actually get somebody else producing that product? Or could you get them starting to produce that product? Like the number of successful producers that I've met who've never touched the production of their product um, because they got it outsourced from the beginning. And I think that's the thing is, is, is looking, am I going to be wanting to do this activity in six, 12 months time? You can take the painful bit, but and you can get out of balance and you can get all business focused, but you can't do it for a long period of time. So you've got a maximum kind of six months of being in those trenches and, and it consuming you before you're going to end up resenting it. And so yeah. plan for that and plan for like different way markers, really. If hasn't done this by this point, what am I going to do? Because I had a conversation with people this week over, oh, I've got this business and actually it's not where I want it to be and I'm really unhappy. And it's like, they are at the end of the tether. They are like, it either works now or I'm done. And you don't want to yeah. get yourself at that point. Good advice. Because, you know, that's that's when things like your health start to suffer, don't mm. they? Because you've ended up in that one, you know, like you say, in the trenches for just far too long and this yeah. self-perpetuating, you know, getting busy and, you know, not having time for any of the other stuff. So, Good advice. Good advice. Thank you so much for doing this. You can also listen to Sarah's podcast. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. Lots of uh, handy business tips in there. And I will also put a link to your Selling Without Sleeves book, which is on Amazon. Um, and yeah we'll put a link to your socials as well so people know where to find you and so they can look at look out for your new offer yeah well that'll be yeah first into the into the group facebook group will be the first kind of oh yes free facebook group i'm in the facebook group as well so that's definitely worth joining thank you and um thank you everyone for listening and i will be back next week with another solo episode so until then take care of yourself (laughs) 